0: hello and welcome to studio rc an encouragement for both your recovery and your faith my name is max i am an alcoholic and i am also a follower of jesus so this week we're starting on a new adventure and each week we're going to take a look at a different recovery church value and we're going to do so i'm going to try something i haven't tried i'm going to put a little timer in the corner and i'm going to give myself 12 minutes to see what I can do on each value. I'll only have the 12 minutes, um, and we'll go through each of the different values. What I wanted to do is just set it up, and, and this will be the same setup each week, and then we'll transition into whatever value of the week. But it's important to remember, you know, who, who are we and what, what, what do we do here at Recovery Church? Recovery Church movement is a network of Recovery Churches reaching and training those in early recovery to grow in their faith and their recovery. Recovery Church movement is a bridge between the 12-step fellowships and the church. We train, coach, and help people learn to become disciple makers within the recovery community and to start, plant, and reproduce recovery churches. That's, that's who Recovery Church is. That's what... We do now. Our vision, our recovery church vision, is this: a recovery church in every city in this nation and beyond. And we have taken a look. I believe. I think there's some something like fifteen thousand cities in our in our nation, and and so we're looking at that and looking at ways that we can. Uh, continue to expand and continue to have recovery churches in each and every one of those locations. In addition to your online uh, resources such as Studio RC or, or our RC online campus, our uh, High Five at 420. So we have all these different stories, um, different ways that we can help uh, those, both the physical locations as well as giving uh, uh, digital resources as well. And so our mission, we have did our vision and our mission. Our mission is equipping God's people to do God's work of recovery. So we have who we are and what we do, we have our vision, and we have our mission. And that will set us up each week to go into exploring a different value. And we'll, we'll review this each week and then we'll go into the value of the week. And so over the next several weeks, we're gonna look at ver- various values. And uh, and again, I'm gonna take 12 minutes um, on a clock and see how far and how much we uh, we can get uh, covered. I may have to speed talk, but that's okay. Um, so hopefully you're ready. And, uh, and this'll be something that'll be informative Also of who, again, Recovery Church is and who um, the very essence of us and our values and, and the things that we do value. So let's get started on this week's value. Hello, and we are ready to tackle another Recovery Church value. On this episode, we are going to look at the value of the steps. I know, the steps. Um, Let's put 12 minutes up there. I don't know if that's a minute per step, but we'll see. Well, let's put up the time and let's go. The Recovery Church value is steps. We work and believe in the 12 steps. They embody many of the Bible's core teaching and will lead a person closer to God. Let me say that again. We work and believe in the 12 steps. They embody many of the Bible's core teachings and will lead a person closer to God. Let me just share from the very, from the get-go, from the outs, from the onset here. I have never found anything in the Big Book, at least of AA. I haven't read all the other, the basic texts from NA. I, I own it. I've, I, I haven't studied it the way I have the Big Book, and I've, I've studied the steps, I've done the steps, I've helped others through the steps. I've never found anything in this that contradicts anything in the Bible or faith. And I think that sometimes people who don't have a recovery background struggle with the need for the steps, especially if you come into recovery and maybe have a faith background, you're like, why do I need to do this? This doesn't make any sense. And I will tell you that, if you want maybe possibly one of the most intense discipleship programs you could ever do, do the steps. The steps ask you to do things that many people of faith aren't aren't necessarily asked to do, maybe not might not even be willing to do. Um, part of the reason that addicts and alcoholics are willing to do the steps, is because they are desperate. They're desperate for recovery. And they understand that on some level, this is life or death. They need to achieve sobriety. They need to get clean. And in order to do that, they do these simple steps. And so um, it tells us in John 8, 32, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. These steps have the power to set you free free. So I'm going to kind of go through some of the steps. Uh, well, I'm going to go through all the steps, if I time permitting. Um, and I'm, I'm also I'm going to have my big book. I have a my big book with me. I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of writing in my big book and, and using highlighters. And um, one of the things it says in how it works, and often many meetings read the how it works, It starts out with, rarely have we seen a person fail who's thoroughly followed our path. Our path being the steps. Um, And it's, you know, I think that the original author, Bill W., wanted to say, never have we seen a person fail who's thoroughly followed our path. But they thought that was a little extreme. The How It Works talks a little bit about, like, as long as you're honest, you can can do this. Um, And that's... Uh, a beautiful thing now if you start the steps and you're doing the steps one of the things it says in how it works um it says if you've decided you want what we have and are willing, then you're willing uh, and willing to go to any length to get it then you're ready to take certain steps um <coughs> and these are the 12 steps by you start if you've started the 12 steps you've acknowledged you want what we have and that you're willing to go at any, any length to get it. It's almost like one of those web pages where you just check the 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 agreement, like you don't really read it. And it might even say, you know, we're gonna take your first born child and the first million dollars you make, you don't care. You just wanna check it to get, get it over. If you've started the steps, just know that you've acknowledged that you want what we have and you've decided to go to any length to get it. And so um, it tells us half measures avail us nothing. So, like we got to go all in we really need to do these steps and it says here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery the first one is we and i love that it starts out with we it doesn't say i we so right from the get-go we're not alone which was one of the things that people in recovery have struggled with i always felt like i didn't fit in i always felt like i was a little off but we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, dash that our lives have become unmanageable. That dash sort of indicates that being powerless and unmanageability, they're synonymous with one another. Um, Later on in the ABCs afterwards, it says and, so it kind of breaks it separately, but that dash kind of like my life, um, we're powerless over alcohol, my life had become unmanageable. Unmanageability and powerlessness are very similar. Um it tells us in Romans 7:18 in regards to the first step, I know that nothing good lives in me. That is my in my sinful nature for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Isn't that a picture picture of us and our drinking and using. We we wanted to do good, but we just struggled. And so the second step is we came to believe in a power uh greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And what's one of the interesting things about this is when we're talking about sanity, we're not talking about mental health. And, and, and people who come into recovery, they may have issues, outside issues that need additional counseling. And that's why uh, rehabs often employ professional counselors, psychologists, psychologists. Always. So they're, they're, we're not talking about sanity in that way. <clears throat> we're talking about sanity in regards to our approach to the first drink or drug we we define insanity as doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results well the restored to sanity is that we realize we can't do the first drink or drug and which was a which was a mind-blowing concept because i would have thought that it was the seventh or eighth drink that got me so that got me drunk not the first one but the recovery approach is it's the first one that starts it and we don't know because of our powerlessness where it will take us so we're coming to believe that there's a power greater than ourselves something outside of ourselves that's going to restore us to sanity in other words that is going to bring about our understanding that we can't take the first drink or the first puff or first drug we made in step three we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of god as we understood him the word here for me that's really important is care the care of god now if you have children if you have a pet and i don't mean they're the same thing um, sometimes it, it looks pretty close but if you have a pet or a child when you take care of that pet or child or or item that you are responsible for you feed it you provide it shelter Provide clothes, you know, like you care for, it, but you don't control it. God's not asking for us to become robots. You know, we're turning our will on our lives over the care of God. It, it's th- that we're giving Him the care of God to just kind of helping us, guiding us. Um, and it tells us in Romans 12:1, Therefore, I urge you brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. In the fourth step, we got the fourth and the fifth, this inventory. We made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. We took a look at what was on the shelves. Um, those guilts, those shames, it's a it's a moral inventory. A moral deals with um, not the, the things that we struggle with in ourselves. And it doesn't necessarily mean we go back over every instance of every time we lied or every time we did something bad. We try to come up with a picture and make sure we see the patterns and those things that we carry with us. And it tells us in Lamentations, let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. So in other words, we're gonna take a look, we're gonna take this inventory, And then in the fifth step, we're going to admit to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. It tells us in James 5.16, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I love that we admit it to God. We admit to God for forgiveness. We admit to ourselves for understanding, and then we admit to another human being for humility, the exact nature of our wrongs, the things that, that we've seen in the fourth step um, and we have that confession moment in step six it says we were entirely ready to have god remove all these defects of characters the ones that we just discovered in the fourth and in the fifth step process process in james four ten, it says humble yourselves before the lord and he will lift you up <clears throat> and then in seven it says humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings so what we're doing is we have identified our our shortcomings we're like Okay, yes, I'm ready to get rid of these shortcomings. And then we've asked God to remove the shortcomings. And the reason we ask God to remove these shortcomings is not so that we're better people, not so that we're more tolerable. It's so that we can be more useful to God and those around us. That's why we we ask for God to remove them. Humbly we ask him. In other words, don't demand things of God. It tells us in the 7th step how we approach God. Humbly with with these with our shortcomings and we ask him to remove them. I have found in my experience that God removes things that keep us from being useful, things like our addiction. But in regards to a lot of my other shortcomings God has softened them or taken away some of the sharp edges but I still live with some of those even after multiple decades of sobriety I still struggle with some of the same things I did when I originally wrote it down they're just not to the degree they once were on uh, number eight, we made a list of all persons we had harmed, became willing to make amends to them all. Again, we're, we're, we're now being action-oriented. We're thinking about others. And it tells us in Luke 6.31, do to others as you would have them do to you. The whole golden rule. So we're, we're trying to amend that. We come to nine, we make direct amends. Not living amends, although living amends are good. But that doesn't fulfill this step. It, this step is about direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Um, it tells us in Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there, remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. This is that step that kind of clear cleans the street. You're keep, keeping your side of the street clean and you're you're making a way so that when you go out into the world that you can live in freedom and not guilt or shame or worry about running into someone. And then 10, 11, and 12, We some people call them the maintenance steps. Some people call them the growth steps. 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted. I really wish that that step had said, if we were wrong. But it says when... And so when it says when, we know that we're going to be wrong. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. It tells us that in 1 Corinthians 10, 12. And as time runs out, we get to 11. We sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood in praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. We're only asking for God as we pray and meditate for the knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry it out. In other words, God, where are you at work so that I can join you? God, I wanna know where you're at work and have the tools to do it. And so that's really our prayer in the 11th step is, is how can I find out what God's at, where God's at work and how how can I join him? Because if I know where God's at work but don't have the tools to join him, I'll feel sort of helpless. If I have the tools to help but I don't know where God's at work, um, that will also be frustrating. Know that for one thing, you'll always have an opportunity to help within the rooms of recovery and at recovery church and at church, you'll, you'll have opportunities, but God may be calling you to a different place to help, or those might be the vehicles, the significant vehicles. Let the word of Christ dwell in you, Colossians tells us, and then the twelve step, and I know we've overshot the time here a little bit, but having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. It doesn't say having gotten sober as a result of these steps it says having had a spiritual awakening as the result in NA's uh, basic text it says a result either way it's a significant result it's telling us a spiritual awakening we were dead inside and now we're alive we've we've had this a personality change sufficient enough to br- to remove our problem with alcohol or drugs we we, care, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics about a spiritual awakening and to practice these principles in all our affairs. So the message that we're carrying to others is about a spiritual awakening. One thing that I would encourage you to, if you have experienced a spiritual awakening, if you've been, as the book says, as both the big book and the, the good book says, if you have been reborn, both book uses those terms, that is the message that you carry to others don't allow newcomers who want what we have and then are willing to go to any length and then how often do we fall do we pull back when it comes to telling them the very message that we're supposed to be carrying about our spiritual awakening I had a spiritual awakening. It was a significant spiritual awakening. And this, this is how it happened as I was going through these steps. For me, I went through these steps and I encountered the person of Jesus. The steps brought me to Jesus. And, um, that's a, that's an opportunity that you have to share with others. It's, it's almost neglect, I think, sometimes when we allow newcomers to like find their way. You know, a God of your understanding. Well, yes, they they have some input, and in it it's relational, and and it 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 removes some of the 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 barriers for them to interact with God if they've struggled with it. But they've acknowledged they want what we have, and if this is what we have, we've had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. We tried to carry this message. This is the message we carry about a spiritual awakening. This isn't the opportunity to say, hey, we'll do everything with you, newcomer. But when it comes to spiritual awakening, you, you got to figure it out on your own. But that's the message we get to carry. That's the message that we have. And so um, I want a couple moments over. I know, but I appreciate that. But um, I love these steps. These steps are life-giving. <clears throat> and that's that's why we acknowledge um, how important we think and believe that the 12 steps are and that's why we say the value we work and believe in the 12 steps they embody many of the bible's core teachings forgiveness amends um and they will lead a person closer to god the end result of the steps is about having that spiritual awakening and connection because of and through and to god so please know these steps this is the program This is the program of recovery that that is talked about. Doing this is what helps bring about uh, recovery in your life. And I would make the argument that it is a spiritual awakening that brings long-term sobriety or clean time. It is not a long-term sobriety or clean time that brings about a spiritual awakening, which is why the 12 steps says, having had a spiritual awakening, knowing that that is in fact what helps bring about long-term term clean and sobriety time hopefully you were encouraged today, even with the the little over the clock uh time but i love i do i love these steps and i hope you fall in love with these steps and you let the process and these steps change you as you grow closer to god and god does what god does through these steps and he works in and through us and draws us nearer to every aspect of the love of God um, that God offers to us so I there's I, I could talk about these all day I love them and I hope that you fall in love with them too we encourage you as as we do each time like Studio RC share Studio RC um, subscribe so that you don't ever ma- miss an episode of any of the things that Studio RC is doing. So many different things on this platform, um, and they're just—they're here to encourage you as well as others. So remember, Recovery Church, twelve steps, one goal. God bless, and we'll see you next time.